1: Hello there and welcome to the Video Nasty's podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. So this is the third time we'll be experiencing the world of Norman J. Warren, British filmmaker. Previously, we've spoken about Terror, which was influenced by Suspiria and Prey, an alien movie uh, featuring an invasion of, a, well, an alien who, uh, who infiltrates and uh, corrupts. A, uh, a lesbian relationship. Insemnoid um, is, uh, well, in reality, heavily influenced by uh, by Alien, although the filmmakers and Fox would tell you it wasn't. Titled Horror Planet in the US, made in 1981. It is a violent uh, sci-fi film, and uh, it's fair to say, bearing in mind the title Insemnoid, Teeny tiny bit exploitative. Uh,
0: Far below the surface of a sub-zero planet, hidden in the freezing mists, something is watching. Breathing quietly in the dark, biding its time until the right human comes along. And then, then it will strike, not just to kill, but to do something far, far worse. Soon, she's going to be a mother. And it might not be anyone left alive to witness the event. (coughs) Which will be a pity, because it promises to be a very, very unusual birth. somewhere in the depths of space a horrific nightmare is about to become a reality in seminoid afar from human
1: birth so starring judy Gleason, robin clark and stephanie beecham Bizarrely in air, with an early film appearance by victoria tennant uh, the story is about a gang of archaeologists and scientists who are working in the ruins of an ancient civilization. They're on a distant planet, which is uh, very, very cold. It becomes clear that there are problems afoot, though. some strange goings-on, but none more strange than Sandy, played by Judy Gleason, who is raped and impregnated by a monstrous alien creature. Filled with its uh, evil seed, as it were, she then goes on to kill the rest of the crew and uh, and devour their flesh. So after the making of Satan's Slave, Prey, and Terror, Warren was meant to be making a film called Gargoyles, but that fell through. In the end, they uh, they decided to uh, pick up. He decided to pick up some work of a guy called Richard Gordon who accepted a, script, a story idea but not a script, from husband and wife sci-fi special effects team Nick and Gloria Malley. They'd worked on Satan's Slaves a few years earlier and what they wanted to do was kind of throw together some of their favourite elements of sci-fi and also uh, showcase their the great effects work. Originally set on a spaceship, the plan of which then moved to set it underground in some uh, some rocky lair that was kind of a mixture of sci-fi and, you know, well, caves, really, in truth. The story was originally titled Demon Seeds, but to avoid confusion with Demon Seed*, the uh, the film about a, a woman who is impregnated by a robot, the decision was made to change it into this rather more well, alien-y kind of name, but also obviously an indication of its exploitation-y roots. The film was um, green-lit from money, from Hong Kong uh, classic filmmaking team, the Shaw Brothers, who have made a variety of of movies over the years. And indeed, uh, it was renowned for creating the, slocky uh, or not Slocky, but the, the kung fu movies that maybe we've all grown up with in truth. They proposed a one million pound budget, became partners in the production. With that, and with Nick Barley reprising the special effects role to build this pair of aliens that we see in the film, the script was rushed in an attempt to ensure that they were ready to film as soon as possible, mirroring again what happened with Prey. And changes were made. The, uh, the, as we said, this, this spaceship was removed and replaced with uh, the idea that they're already on a, on a, on a planet somewhere, uh, mining some um, uh, archaeological find. And that meant they could film for three weeks on location at Chiswellhurst Caves in Kent. And then one week at Lee International Studios in Wembley Park in London to do what would be effectively, although they're all interior shots, what would be interior shots. They even managed to spend a couple of days in Gozo in Malta um, to uh, create some long shots of the planned service to try and give the the film a bit more depth and scope and scale. Working on an incredibly low budget, it's not surprising therefore, when you watch the film, you see locations used time and time again. That's also one of the reasons is that, as well as the low budget, is that it was actually cold, damp, and hairless inside these caves. And made a, unsurprisingly because you know it's not designed for filming uneven terrain. People were guts and bruised. People fell over and hurt themselves. It was challenging, particularly when they're moving filming equipment around shooting therefore ran into long days and some of those uh, felt confined and felt the effects of the weather and the well, the weather, the the, temp- the climate in the caves. It works to a point. It does feel like a, an organ. It doesn't feel like a wobbly set kind of thing, you know. I think the fear was that to make it look, you know, like, Alien, which costs $30 million. <laughs> you know, you need to spend a lot of money to make the, the, the suit and the, the puppets look good, but also to make the, um, the ground and the, 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 the sets look great. By setting it in a cave structure and then filming it in a cave structure, you free up a lot of, you know, ability to make it cheaper. But obviously the trade-off in this case was it was arduous and hard work. And because time was so tight and money, you know, there was no, there was no way of getting an extension of budget from the Shaw brothers, um, uh, the shooting had, was, was done on the fly, including uh, cutting some of Ricky's um, rampaging down considerably. Robin Clark apparently strained at, the, uh, at working with uh, Norman Warren, refusing to follow instructions and kind of ad libbing. Maybe possible in some shoots, but in some thinkers, in a sci-fi orientated horror film with tight budgets and uh, you know, utilising space as much as possible, tricky. Apparently, Judy Gleason was a little bit more relaxed, despite the fact that she herself has to do an awful lot of heavy lifting in the film. Indeed, um, covering uh, what is in reality some quite a uh, big ask from any actress. Apparently, the, um, some of the shots of, that, uh, that she had to do to ensure, um, you know, to, 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 to were actually, uh, are actually trimmed as well. So she probably had to put herself through a little bit more than she might <laughs> have had to. We've already spoken about, um, sci-fi horror, British sci-fi horror with Prey, but also with Extra. And Seminoid is bigger in its scale and its scope. It definitely feels like a film that's reaching to be bigger and, um, you know, fighting with the big boys. At the end, though, we need to be honest. and Seminoid is a film which, although almost certainly determinately denies that it's uh, been influenced by Alien, which was made two years before. Indeed, apparently uh, this film was already being planned while that was being shot. Um, it does sit comfortably with uh, other sci-fi horrors, including *The Galaxy of Terror*, with people, a group of people who are infiltrated by an alien presence, and if alien features the fear of, of rape and of um, penetration, and then you know, birth as a, as, a, as a temple. You know, when we think of the Hearst, the John Hurt character, the face hugger grabbing him, sticking its um, appendage down its throat, and then uh, making him pregnant and him exploding it, killing him. You know, these kind of primal fears of of being overcome and overtaken by an alien, that's also present here, um, as we say, in Galaxy of Terror. But this in these films, are certainly far more exploitative. Uh, here we see a uh, naked Judy Gleason um, having, uh, you know, being almost in a hypnotic, psychotropic kind of way, by a by a clearly rubber alien um, as it as it pushes its eggs inside her and she's naked at the time. In Galaxy of Terror, it's a little bit more rapey in terms of um, you know forced, shall we say, both rape, but a bit more um, vicious in terms of how it's done. Um, and you know, so they all three films play on on similar similar fears, and then um, certainly with. Um, this movie, our birthing scene, is more traditional. And indeed, for those that remember, Extra fits similar in a in sense, although that was a great man, and this is a, a little <laughs> rubbery, angry-looking, nubbity, baldy dude. Um, and it therefore fits with, you know, but the, the oh, listen, the, 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 let's be honest here. In, in Seminoid, almost certainly, was spoken about in the playgrounds. You know, oh, you see it, you see it getting done, you know, that's sex with a, with, with, with a woman. And then she gets birthed a monster, you know what I mean? And it, 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 it's a 15 now, let's put it that way. But nonetheless, it certainly carries some uh, weight, some power to, to shock still. And that's almost certainly because of, although, um, it is a knockoff, it is exploitation. There's, um, there's a, a few scenes where men, uh, all characters, uh, beat Judy Gleason in the stomach, <laughs> um, and almost gleefully at that. I would argue that the film is keen to play on anxieties that men have around pregnancy and birth and and women changing and that feminine aggression that may come. Um, and, but, you know, um, unlike say alien, where normality is restored by a woman in, in it's, um, less cut and dried than that. And, um, certainly well, more cut and dried than that potentially. Uh, and a man, um, you know, um, attacks the woman and, you know it's no of problems <laughs> now what i would say is i don't think um it's set out to be in any way really misogynistic apart from you know it's trying to be exploitative and show these kind of things what i think it, it you know it's it's telling is and and we said this about Prey that you know it fucks about with all these themes but it's clearly a rush job so you know how much of this is actually intentional and how much of it is based on um you know just and uh, just the, the things that float around in, in the, in the filmmaker's heads is, it's difficult to, to get, to get a grip on, you know, but at the same time, it you know, if, if you're going, right, we're going to film the scene where the woman gets impregnated by the alien, or we're going to film the scene where she gets birth to an alien. Um, you know, it, it's, it's tricky not to fall into the traps, of potentially saying that maybe this film is an element slightly misogynist, perhaps, if you think, maybe. Nonetheless, um, as I say, teenage boys will almost certainly have got something of out of it at the time. Indeed, the film was relatively successful. Um, Roger Corman, apparently, congrat- congratulates Warren on the film and considered hiring him as a director. Um, although, perhaps unsurprisingly, the BAFTA uh, members were less keen and called it commercial rubbish. And, indeed, Warren himself says... It seems it had quite common for pregnant women to have nightmares about giving birth to some kind of monster. Of course, all their complaints and their letters, which were printed in the local papers, and helped to increase the queue of the box office. And indeed, obviously, the film was trading on this kind of stuff, so it's not that surprising that it's, uh, it's you know pulling up the stops. So, critical response wasn't particularly favourable, but when you're faking a film like this, does that really matter? Apparently the movie originally was planned to have a uh, quite posh um, orchestral sound, but again, the um, the budget was uh, was too low. So um, John Scott, who had already worked on Satan's Slave and had a lengthy career in music, um, created a, an electronic sim soundtrack, which, to be fair, fits the film quite well. It also doesn't make it sound too much, like a film like um it doesn't sound like the BBC, you know, it's just like a, a Doctor Who episode. It's it's a little bit classier than that. So um Judy Geeson who you, for some bizarre reason you'll see an incredibly large amount of her fill in the film <laughs> as she's screaming. But as you said, a, quite a uh, impressive uh, a role in terms of uh, fairly fairly keen to very willing to, to kind of get 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 involved. Had a lengthy career um everything from being a voice in the Plague Dogs through to these days appearing also in the Rob Zombie films The Lords of Salem and 31 but her career goes back all the way to 1963 when she was in Wings of Mystery Um, and and probably more famously uh, Berserk from 67 Uh, she's 72 now and for fans of, uh, of, of, of of acting dynasties. Stephanie Beecham obviously appears. Um, apparently Beecham took the role because she had two young children and their options were a a theatre show that paid £65 a week or this. <laughs> she went with this. She does provide a, a degree of class, although, God love her, she does appear to, to, to look... Like maybe she's she's already sick of the bullshit before it's even begun. Uh, maybe she she too looked at those uh, that, that those aliens and wondered exactly what kind of threat they would be providing for the public and for the uh, her characters. There is, I mean, the the world of these kind of um, films that came out in the aftermath of Alien are very much. Um, grounded and solid within this kind of they they have the, they are a genre in themselves in you know, films like creature and uh i say galaxy of terror um this one uh sits relatively comfortably in in these uh, you know killer alien on the on the loose movies and indeed by the time eighty two eighty three had come the film had kind of played out in terms of the genre had kind of played out in terms of of its popularity. But like a lot of this kind of stuff, it does well on on screen. And then uh, gets a second life again on VHS for all those teenage boys that we've already spoken about. So the film was released on VHS in 1981 on Brent Walker VHS. It was um, also released in a shortened version on cinema in 1981 which finishes with Mark being attacked by the alien babies and cuts straight to uh, the credits. It's this video DVD and UK, I'm sorry, US release, which features an expanded ending to kind of pretend, that, to show that, you know, this cycle will continue. And is available now in the UK. Uncut 15 and has been 15 for, uh, since 2005 before then it was uh, an 18 or an R rating but uh, it's definitely available in a variety of versions and including Blu-ray um, in this that lovely Norman J. Warren box set but also you can pick it up I think on Amazon Prime for free if you're a Prime member at the moment and oh, why wouldn't you? It's good fun
0: I can't
1: wait to go So, thanks very much for listening. I hope you're all doing okay. If you want to get a hold of me, please do. My email address is Vigeonassispodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter it's at orange underscore monkey. You can go to the websites, thelasterourpodcast.com or video nasties podcast.com and all the podcasts are on there. Uh, next week, we are back in regional, low-budget US horror territory with um, the very fun, I would argue, Invasion of the Blood Farmers. Again, one uh, you may have seen or you may not, but it's relatively easy to get hold of and is a uh, fun, grungy silliness. I think it's fair to say. So, Until then, take care. I'll speak to you soon.
0: Goodbye. I have never seen a video, Nasty. I wouldn't. I have (laughs) far too much. How (laughs) how can you judge on a video? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.